Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. And make sure you're emailing us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that by going to our website that we have linked in the episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and thank you for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Sunday, July 31st, end of the month here. Let's go. I'm excited. I am excited. Thoroughly. NFL, rapidly approaching. NBA's in the rearview mirror. MLB's starting to get a little boring, but actually, deadline was phenomenal. Exactly what you need to pique the interest for the rest of the year. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. A lot of exciting stuff out of the NFL, MLB. We will get to all of it absolutely loaded show today we have the nfc north predictions to um in the first segment along with a little rant about arizona um, spurred by a comment from someone on our instagram right. post but we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that uh and then getting into the second segment a lot of aaron Rodgers, big news in green bay we've talked about it a little bit we're going to dive into it even more on this episode and uh you'll be able to see some of the things we have posted on instagram this week and uh one of those is about our boy Rogers. Yeah. Third segment, fully baseball. Fully baseball. So Diving you, into uh, the MLB trade deadline. Yeah, if you only listen for baseball, just fast fast forward, you know. Yep. Um, segment three. But first. Follow our Instagram, at the underscore issue podcast. And our uh, Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Uh, go on there, like, follow, subscribe, share with your friends. We've had a lot of really good interaction. Yeah. Uh, on social media the past really couple of weeks uh we've been posting a lot of you know waves and and a bunch of stuff over there and little clips from the show so go over there check it out uh check out our link tree we have discount codes for phoenix yep yeah um tj2021 is the code you want to use 15 percent off phoenix is great they actually just launched this uh this reburst i want to say it's called Mm. um Oh, it's, it's it's so good. It's so it's like it's like Gatorade, but better. It's perfect for in the middle of your workout. You don't want you know pre workout in the middle of your yeah. workout. You don't want protein, so right. you go with the reburst. Uh, a lot of show news coming up to uh, next week. We should be getting uh, Josh Johnson on the show. Yeah, he'll be on this next this next episode. Next episode, so. right? Uh, so make sure you're coming back next week for that. It should be uh, it should be a really interesting episode especially with the college athletes and everything that's changed with them all right all right all right enough let's get to the good stuff here huh so social media somebody commented okay yeah so let me let me actually pull up the specific comment that way you know we're getting all the true factual information we need right i gotta find exactly where it is actually there it is okay so we we posted, oh, I'll give you an exact day. How about June 28th? We put up our NFC West predictions. We had LA at 13 and 4, Seattle at 12 and 5, mm-hmm. San Fran at 11 and 6, and the Birds out in Arizona at 8 and 9 at the bottom, right? 
Exactly. Well, lately we've put a revised NFC West. I think Cam Akers' injury bumps L.A. down to the second or third spot, right? For sure. Didn't change Arizona, though. They don't have any notable changes in the past you know, month or whatever. But someone commented, being real disrespectful to them birds. People then went on to discuss saying, what was the kicker's fault for the losses last year? And someone said, yeah, three to four games lost due to him. And don't forget Kyler was getting hurt. They were six six and three before his injury. Um, You know, someone has to finish last, and the cards are probably the worst in this, this division. Boom, there it is. I agree. I agree. 28 underscore Hurley, you're thinking correctly. You're thinking right. I really do think Arizona, they're, they're fool's gold a little bit this year. In most divisions, there are one or two. In this, four, maybe three at best. Let's start on the offensive side. They've lost Kenyon Drake and replaced him with James Conner. Eh. That's, eh. They have no significant wideout additions. We don't know the status of DeAndre Hopkins. He's actually said he's questioning his future yeah. due to the vaccine and its requirement in the NFL if you want to be present for every meeting and every workout, all that type of good stuff. I think he'll play, though. Their offensive line, really, really good pass blocking. Run blocking, horrendous. Bottom 10. Their pass block is only good because Kyler gets rid of the ball quick. It's a West Coast offense. Cliff Kingsbury's been running it ever since he became a coach. Even when he was a player, they get the ball out quick. So, of course, they look great pass blocking. The defense, the front four's really good. J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, etc. They can rush the passer, for sure. The back end, it's pretty good. You got Buda Baker and Byron Murphy. Some decent guys in the back end. Linebackers, that's where I'm worried. In this division, right, George Kittle, Russell Wilson and how he uses tight ends. He made Will Disley a, a look like a pro bowler. Jacob Hollister. Who are these guys? You don't hear of them until Russell Wilson incorporates them into his offense. Oh, and how about Sean McVay, who's probably the best offensive coach and uh, is an absolute genius to find mismatches. So you want to run out a rookie, a second-year guy, and an unproven linebacker in that division? Hmm, I don't like it. Again, plop this team in the NFC East, they probably win it. How about in the AFC South? Probably win it as well, if not second place to Indy. But this division... And these coaches, these pass rushes, you cannot have an inability to run the football. You have to be able to run the football. If Aaron Donald and company can pin their ears back and rush the quarterback, you are done. You're done. Kyler Murray's undersized. How many Aaron Donald sacks do you think he can take? I mean, not too many. He's a smaller frame quarterback, and Aaron Donald is, I'd say, one of the strongest guys in the NFL. Probably almost double him. I don't know the actual like size and weight, but probably almost double the mass. Of Kyler Murray. I would, yeah, for sure. And like muscle density and even like bone density. Everything. Just a bigger human. Yeah. Not to mention, I'm not even I'm not even talking about their coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who has not shown the ability to win at any level. At, at any level. Head coach of Texas Tech. Who did he have in 2013? Who's his quarterback? Trivia. Uh, let me see that. That was Patrick Mahomes. No, no, it actually wasn't. 2013 was Baker Mayfield. Oh. Baker and then went on to win a Heisman. At Oklahoma, and went to be the number one overall pick. And some people still think he's a franchise quarterback, even though I think they're wrong. Then who Then who did he have? Mahomes. There it is. You wonder how many New Year's Six Bowls he made? Zero. Zero New Year's Six Bowl games. 
with arguably the most talented quarterback we've seen come through the league in the last 20 years. And Baker. <laughs> and Baker, who's, who, hey, he won a Heisman. He won I a Heisman, it. and people still think he's a, uh, a franchise quarterback. He won a playoff game. Baker Mayfield won a playoff game. Cliff Kingbury made zero New Year's Six Bowls with the two of them combined. Look, it's a lot of ifs. Everyone said, you're being disrespectful to the birds. No, we're predicting them about right. Considering, well, then you look and say, well, Kyler hasn't really won all that much either. He had to transfer from Texas A&M. Had to sit behind Baker at OU. Got to OU, they were great, not or they were good, not great. Um, you know, he's gotten better every year in the NFL. He still has yet to have a winning season. Cliff Kingsbury doesn't have a winning season in the NFL. Doesn't have a whole lot of them in college either. No New Year's Six Bowls. J.J. Watt's fine. What's he's proven in the last five years? Not a whole lot. Been injured a lot. A whole lot. Buda Baker's fine. Kind of overrated. It's a lot of ifs on this roster. It's if Zayvon Collins can play. It's if Isaiah Simmons can figure it out. A lot of ifs. I'm not a huge fan of the Cardinals this year. I think they're fine. I think out of division, they're going to run the table. They're going to win a lot of out-of-division games. But you start looking in division in these matchups, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. No, oh, yeah. They are uh, placed in a very difficult spot. Somewhere, I think, where the Steelers are going to begin to find themselves if they don't start to turn things around. Um, look, it's hard to compete and be a really good playoff team if you're going to have trouble winning your division. You might be a decent team. Like, that team... That Arizona team probably wins, I don't know, not wins, but at least goes to the playoffs in three or four of the divisions other than that one. Probably even more. So, let's, I mean, let's just, we got time. Let's go through. NFC North, I think they're probably better than Minnesota. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're, they're first or second right there with Green Bay. I, I think Green Bay's a better team. I think Arizona, you could make a case that they'd be second. How about in the uh, NFC South? Well, three of the teams are rebuilding other than, Everyone except for Tampa is rebuilding. Even the AFC South now with Carson Wentz out? Well, yeah, Carson Wentz out with his foot. Who knows? You could probably be first there. Right. Outside of, like, the NFC North, the AFC West, and the NFC West, three three out of the eight divisions. Unfortunately, they're in one of the, those three divisions. The, the really tough ones. The other five divisions, if they were in, they'd be at least the second best team in that division and, and the market that the markets that they're competing with they're competing with an la with the seattle seahawks you've the seen san, that stadium you've yeah. seen the 12th man flag that they raise san fran you're competing with that market i don't know all i'm saying is when the steelers go there it looks like a home game for pittsburgh yeah pittsburgh travels well but it still looks like a home game um no i'm, I'm with you i don't think that they're People saying that we're disrespecting him. You find me the wins in this division. Find me the wins. They're not there. So, um, no, let's get ready to do our divisional predictions. Yeah, so our NFC North predictions. This week, what are you thinking? All right, so so let's start at the top. Should we go top down? Yeah, let's go top down. So, in first, we have the Green Bay Packers at a 11 and 6. So I know I know that they've had a lot of good seasons recently. But they drew just an awful card on scheduling this year. So the two divisions that they get, they get the NFC West, brutal. Brutal. They got to play Seattle, the Niners, the Cardinals. I mean, that and the Rams. That's brutal. It's brutal. And they also get the AFC North. So they get Pittsburgh, 
Cleveland, and Baltimore. Yeah, the, the Bengals, they'll beat, so I'm not, I'm not even going to mention them. That That's brutal. And, oh, not to mention, yeah, you pulled the Chiefs as well at Arrowhead. So mm. Figure that, that one yeah. out. So 11-6, and six, I think they lose the Niners. Uh, I think the Cardinals actually upset Green Bay. They always play them tough. And you look at the weakness of Green Bay, it's kind of the secondary. I feel like that you can exploit their secondary. So I like the Cardinals there. The Chiefs, I think, are just a, a better team, flat out. Seattle, that just comes down to depth. Seattle's a way deeper team. Green Bay is very top-heavy. Outside of Devonta Adams, who's he throwing to? Randall Cobb, is that the answer? No. And uh, I think they I think they lose the two more AFC North teams on the way out, the Ravens and the Browns, to bring them to 11-6. and six. What do you think? I mean, we went through the schedule. It, it was... We couldn't really find any more wins. You know what I mean? The the losses seemed like pretty clear losses to us. And I think with a team like Green Bay, this is where we start to see, and I think the NFC North is really the division where we see, okay, now weather and location matters. The geography, where you're playing, when you're playing the game matters. So, you know, a few of these games we have, like there's an Arizona coming up, to a Green Bay up to Lambeau in late no, November. No, no, it's um. Hold up, I gotta think of this. Well, first of all, we have the Vikings going out to the West Coast. That's a that's a flip. But um, oh no, the Bears. I think it was a Bears game. It might have been. A I Bears think it was game. the Bears. But I know what you're talking but about. Yeah. This is really a division where, look, it's pretty clear cut almost where the wins and losses are going to be. Not too many upsets to predict, I don't feel like, with the Packers here. Well, this isn't a very strong division either. I do think the Packers are going to take a step back. You lose a Pro Bowl center, David, or, uh, Pro Bowl center and Corey Lindsley. David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, is going to be out for a lot of the season, probably the first half. And there's a lot of brutal pass rushes in there. Cardinals, Niners, Steelers, even the Chiefs can get after you. Seattle, Baltimore, Cleveland. I mean, there's some brutal pass rushes, pass rushes, in that in that schedule. Yeah, and uh, you're missing a Pro Bowl center. He got shipped off to um, the Chargers, and you got your your best, your second best at that point. David Bakhtiari is out. Your first best now. Um, so I just I don't like it. Now, how about let's go to the number two team, the Minnesota Vikings. Everyone thinks they're going to take a step up. I do think they are going to take a step up because I think they won, what, like six games last year? Yeah, we have them at eight and nine. Yeah, we have them at eight and nine now, so they are technically taking a step up from a win total standpoint. It's hard for me to say that they're going to be a playoff team when Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. I'm sorry. I like Kirk Cousins, but he's so limited in big games. He cannot win the big game. And I'm not sold on the head coach, Mike Zimmer. He's supposed to be a defensive guy. Their defense is bad. It's not good. I think they lose to the Cardinals, uh, the Seahawks, the Browns, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Packers, the Niners. I, quite frankly, I think the Steelers are a better team. And the Packers, um, again, late in the year. Again, find me the wins on this schedule. I mean, I'll go through their losses right now. Arizona, going to pick that defense apart. I don't even yeah. think it'll be that close. Seattle, I think it'll be much of the same. Plus, I think they're going to get after Kirk Cousins. Uh, the offensive line in Minnesota, very middle of the road. Very middle of the road. The Browns are a much better team. If you went through and listed the 10 best players in that game, the Browns have 9 of 10. Justin Jefferson's the only one you're putting in there from Minnesota. And plus, the Browns' pass rush is absolutely nasty. Yeah, Jadavion Clowney, um, Miles Garrett. Garrett. I don't remember who the, the, the big guy in the middle is, but no, they, they're a real pass rush. It's a real pass rush. I'd give it top 10. What do you think? 
I'd say so. I'd I'd say maybe even top eight. Yeah, I agree. And then the Ravens are. I mean, the Ravens are a much better team. No, much better. Uh, that's a Super Bowl contending team. And with that defense in Minnesota, good luck containing Lamar. There's good just luck. no way. Good luck. There's no <laughs> way. There's just no way. No. Um, I'm not gonna go through every loss, but they just again find me the wins. Find me the wins. So let's go. How about the third place team, the Chicago Bears? We have them at six and eleven. Now here is what. Here's what I'm thinking. So, Andy Dalton, I think, is going to start. Okay. I really do. I think I think Justin Fields would benefit from some games on the bench. But, God, the Bears, brutal schedule. Again, you get the NFC West and the AFC North. So, you have the Rams. That's a loss. Browns, no shot. The Packers, no, much better team. The Buccaneers, nope. Niners and the Steelers. So, now here's the thing. They play the Packers, Bucks, Niners, and Steelers in consecutive weeks. At that point, I think they would be about two and four or three and four after that stretch. So then you you're looking Andy Dalton's zero and four in his last four, and then after the Steelers, you have a bye week. Boom, Justin Fields enter Justin Fields. Now the issue is he gets Baltimore his first week, but he gets a bye week to prepare. And there's just no way the optics in that city, Matt Nagy and, and uh, Ryan Pace, the general manager, they're on the hot seat. they got to move now. They need to win now. If they're 2-4 and four halfway through the season and Andy Dalton's 0-4 in his last four, easy. you got to start Justin Fields. You have to. We will do a prediction of when these rookie quarterbacks are going to make their first start. I do like that prediction. I do think it's an absolute smack in the mouth to give him Baltimore in the first his first week. That's a tough game. I think that is a tough game. Yeah, I mean, and unfortunately for him, I think that's really the only place where his entrance would fit into the schedule. I, I really do. I, but, uh, I wouldn't want to give him the ball in the middle of getting well, yeah, you absolutely give him, shellacked by those teams. Yeah, do you want to give him the ball after the Buccaneers on a short week to the Niners and then the Steelers? Absolutely not. That's just a recipe for disaster. Because yeah, you, you're going to see T.J. Watt. Uh, Nick Bosa with the Niners. That, Bo- that whole pass rush is really good. You get T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt. Those are big NFL men who have been in the locker room and the weight room for years. Yeah. And then enter rookie. So I think, you know, after the bye would fit well, strap it on for Baltimore, make it through the week, Things you will lose, be, yeah. Grass then, will be greener on the other side. Yeah. And, and, I, and put, piece it back together yeah. after you ice your bruises. Yeah, but, I agree. And then I think, yeah, and then I think they lose the next couple of games. So they lose the Ravens, Packers, Vikings, um, the Seahawks. That's just, you're overmatched. You're out, you're outmanned, you're outgunned. Yeah. Um, and then the Vikings, again, I do think the Vikings, um, you know, are decent. They're, they're going to beat up on the bottom of this division, the Bears and the Lions. They're just. I think they're a better coach team. I said I had my doubts about Mike Zimmer, but I do think right now he's a better coach than Matt Nagy, although there's something to be said for what Matt Nagy could have do or what he was able to do with Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. and lead Mitch Trubisky to well over a winning a winning record, well over 500 with Mitch Trubisky. So, um, okay, now how about let's go to a team that I think is the worst in the NFL. I'm going to say it now outside. Actually, I'm sorry. They're the 31st best team in the NFL in my mind. Outside of Houston, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, or if he's somehow unable to play, Detroit is the worst team. Now I do think they beat the Eagles. The Eagles we have at three and fourteen. We have Detroit at two and fifteen. Yeah. 
We're only going to predict predict one of their wins. We think they beat the Eagles. And then I think they steal one of either Atlanta, Denver, or the Bears when the Lions are at home. They host the Bears. Okay. They usually play yeah. Chicago tough. And who knows who's going to be the quarterback for them at the time. If it's a rookie, actually, I, I think if it's Andy Dalton, I think the Lions lose. I think if it's Justin Fields, you know, Dan Campbell's a defensive guy. He could manipulate Justin Fields a little bit, you know, play a tough style um, of defense, confuse him, beat him up a little bit, and and beat him, you know, on your own turf. Yeah. So I think you steal one of either the Falcons, the Broncos, or the Bears at home, especially if Justin Fields is starting. Outside of that, there are no other wins on this schedule. Did you hear me? I get that upsets happen. They have no talent. The Detroit Lions have no talent. DeAndre Swift, fine, fine. Second year back, looked like he forgot how to play football last year. Jared Goff, fine. If you have any semblance of a pass rush, he automatically becomes the 50th best quarterback in the NFL. He's a lot like Baker. Under pressure, cannot do it. Clean pocket, looks like Brady. The offensive line, now it's good because he will have a clean pod because the offensive line is okay. Who is he throwing to? Their top three receivers from last year are gone. TJ Hawkinson is the only semblance of a target he has. Their defense is horrid, awful, abysmal. Their head coach wore a derby helmet to a press conference. Find me the wins. Well, funny enough, out of all of our clips that we post on Instagram, most of them, all of them, get some pushback, right? You always have the people that are gonna that are gonna hate no matter what you say. Yeah, that, that's gonna happen. Every single post, we've gotten at least one person defending defending the team. We posted. Usually, we get. We posted a video about the Detroit Lions about a month ago. Not a single push. person backed them up. I don't I don't think we had any even comments got, on it. Got a bunch of likes. Oh, yeah. But no, I don't think we nobody any, said anything. There were no comments that disagreed. I don't know if there were any agreeing. I know there weren't any disagreeing. Yeah, let's check. I will, I'll pull that up real fast. They're not a good team. Let's see they're if not, anybody... Like, they're not a good team. If you can name me, I... Look at me. You know I know every player in the world in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Outside of Jeff Okuda, I can't name you a singular defensive player for Detroit. Not one outside of Jeff Okuda. Yeah. And he's not even good. Right. Uh, did anything? Uh, somebody said all facts. All facts, that's it. Yep. All facts. So, there you have it, our <laughs> NFC North predictions. Okay, let's go through real quick. We didn't even write these down. Let's go off the cuff here, yeah? MVP. MVP. Um... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I yeah. think he's yep. still a great quarterback, uh, despite uh, the whole situation. We'll get into that later. But, I mean, I still think he's best in the division. Okay. Offensive player of the year, not named Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. Stud of a receiver. Stud. Okay. Who do you think? You going Devontae Adams? I was going to say Devontae Adams. That's fair. I think. Look, I still think Devontae's going to have a really good year. Yeah. There's some controversy there, though. He didn't. He's not. He broke off contract discussions. Who knows if Aaron's coming back? What's the relationship in the locker room going to be like with the rest of the team? Right. 
and but I do feel like those two together. You know how when when you have a common enemy with someone, it kind of helps helps bond you. I feel like they have the common enemy right now of the entire Packers organization. You know, it's kind of Aaron and Devontae together against this organization. They're both trying to get out, trying to get something bigger, better. Do you think and, they're gonna uh, play angry? I do. Yeah, I think. I think Devontae Adams was going to be an absolute stud, absolute animal this year. Yeah, I'm kind of like um, projecting out a little bit more. It reminds me a little bit more of a prediction, a little bit more of a hot mm-hmm. take. I just think Justin Jefferson, the way he runs routes, it's so crisp. Yeah. He, I mean, he's – I think he could be a top three receiver by the end of this year. I think he will be statistically a top three receiver, but I think he'll have already the respect and the cachet mm-hmm. of at least a top five receiver, at yeah. least. Uh, let's go with Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to go Khalil Mack of the Bears. Okay. I, I don't have any disagreements there. I would say honorable mention, Jair Alexander for the um, Packers. He's like, I think, the third-rated um, DB in the league right now. So, you know, yeah. that would be a, a viable option as well. Yeah. I mean, I. you just look around that that entire division. There's not a single linebacker that can that can compete with Khalil Mack there. Yeah. Yeah. Who you speed, run stopping, and then even dropping back and he plays zone really well too. It's weird. So, I mean, yeah, he's really good. And he's like oddly short too to be able to be really good at zone because usually you get the taller linebackers that can cover a little bit know. more. He's a big dude. He's a huge guy. Well yeah. Have you seen his I mean his brother's big too. He's just like not built like that usual cover linebacker though. Yeah, you You wouldn't expect him to be able to drop in coverage, but he will every now and then. So oh, yeah. you know, I agree, I agree. Khalil Mack, next level freak athlete. I'm gonna go rookie of the year. Now this is tough. Green Bay, I don't even know who they took. They took like I think something Stokes out of Georgia. He was like a DB. No. Um the Vikings. Oh god. I don't even remember who they got. Doesn't matter because I know it's gonna be the Lions Panay Sewell. I thought he was the best pure tackle. No, they, I think they got Christian Derisaw. Check that out for me. He's an offensive lineman. I think Panay Sewell for the for Detroit is going to be... I thought he was the best lineman available. Let's just say that he's, I think, 6'8", almost 400 pounds, but he moves so eloquently. Vikings. Christian Derisaw? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I think he'll be fine. He's more of a road grader. Um, he reminds me more of like a... No, Quentin Nelson's really good at everything. Like a Mike McGlinchey for um, the 49ers, kind of a road-grading guy, which, you know, there's still a place for that in the league. I just think Panay is a better technical lineman, and I think he'll be the best rookie in that division. I really like Justin Fields. You think, yeah? You think he's going to come in and light it up? Look, I, I wasn't really big on him going into his pro day and then into the draft. But since then, and and some of the news that you've been hearing out of Chicago, people people are excited about this dude. They're saying he's really good, uh, super mobile, and just an alpha, a, and able to get yeah, an alpha, and able to get the ball out of his hands from all different arm angles. So, and, and that's something that's being it's becoming increasingly important to be able to do. I mean, we saw. I'm pretty sure everybody who's into sports and and follows the NFL. Saw the clip of Patrick Mahomes already in in camp doing the, the no look throw already. It's like a no like look from the, sidearm type of type of deal. Absolutely crazy, but these are the type of things that you're going to start. It's going to become mandatory to have as a quarterback to compete yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. You're looking even towards next year's draft. The top prospects: Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, guys like that. Spencer Rattler's best qualities that he can throw off platform. 
Yeah. Like, that is his best quality. So, And then you even look at guys like a Phil Dracovic who can throw. He's the best quarterback under pressure. Extending the play. Yes. He is like a, a mini Big Ben is 110% a valid um, description. Big yeah. Ben coming out of Miami of Ohio was very mobile. Was very mobile. Phil's very mobile. So, yeah, no, I agree. The ability to extend the play, throw when you're not necessarily comfortable setting your feet, stepping into it is what, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So, oh, that's a little bit of a bold pick there. I like it. I do. I like it. But, um, so that's about it for the first segment. We will be back. We will have Aaron Rodgers news. So, don't go anywhere. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's the guys over here at The Issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through phoenix fitness spelled f n x capital f n and x use code tj2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to fnx.com tj2021 it'll get you 15 percent off store wide go out and get yourself an am protein blend just drank mine orange dreamsicle my personal favorite flavor and then at nighttime you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend, it's a PM blend, spice and melatonin in there, put you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness. Boom, second segment issue. I'm hype, I'm hype. Yeah. Correction, it's actually August 1st today. Happy first day of August, everybody. We realized that what after the first segment yeah after the first segment look i don't look at my calendar all that often (laughs) okay you would think i'd you know be able to just look at my phone it says it right there you know it's not hard but and that's what i usually do i have a lot of things going on all right well do you know what this is in all honesty i usually look at my computer right and i can i have the little the date down here so i just remember what day it is usually and i was like sweet we're releasing this on on like the sunday today yeah but when we started recording, it was 11 o'clock. Yeah. So it still said 31 down there. But well, I knew said- we were doing Sunday. So I was like, yo, what's up? We're back. It is Sunday, July 31st. Because it still said that. Looked. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Well, but it's August 1st. Guys, happy August. Uh, but we have a lot of news coming your way with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, look. Give me, your, especially- give me your input first because I'm going to get on my soapbox here for the next, like, eight to nine minutes like it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one so, yeah. so strap in but i want to hear yours first so, so we can you know okay the thing is my my initial reaction was that i think aaron was asking for a bit too much he was holding out i saw so, like some of the reasons why i was doing it right they weren't the giving him exactly what he wanted and and there seemed to be, with the news that was leaking, a lot of tension between the two. So, yeah, they were both kind of sticking to their guns. But now I'm kind of looking at it like, well, Tom Brady took pay cuts to to stay and win. He's complaining about not winning and not getting these players. It's not exactly like you can't, you exactly. can't, you can't pay everyone. Exactly. It's a salary cap league. I feel like some of these players <laughs> need to be told that again. Like, it's a salary you cap under, leak. There's like, a finite amount of money like, I'm allowed to spend on my 53-man roster. Like, do you know how much money you make, man? And now, do you know how much money I have to pay everyone else? Yeah. Like, 
So, Aaron, yeah, you want 40-some million. Like, for example, 2022, his cap hit is $46 million. Yeah. So the the salary cap next year, because this year went down a little bit. Next year, it's supposed to go up. I think I did the math earlier. That's over 20-some percent of your salary cap on one player. Yeah. It's just not going to work. But here, let me let me get on my soapbox here because I have a lot I have a lot I want to talk about. I like Aaron Rodgers. I really do. I think he's a top two to three quarterback and in the right situation could still win a Super Bowl. What's the word I'm looking for here? But there it is, there it is. But big big but. There's a massive in all capital letters B U T exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Let's not act like he's getting any younger. Okay? <laughs> oh, also, by the way, up until this past, this past MVP season, he had been declining every year for the past four years. Right. Oh, also, two collarbones and an ankle. Hmm. Not great. It's not good things to have injured, considering you throw the ball. Kind of put some strain on your collarbone. On your collarbone. Oh, and by the way, quite mobile. Ankle, not great. <laughs> so you see where I'm going with this. Right, great. He's back this year. Awesome. Hoorah! Offensive line significantly worse. You lost a Pro Bowl center in Corey Lindsley. He's with the Chargers. Your now best, and probably even then still best, your left tackle David Bakhtiari is going to be out for a lot of this year. Your weapons are fine. They're the same. It's not. It's not like you're, they're going to make up for any of that. They're the same weapons as last year. Defense will probably regress. They don't have a lot of great pieces. They lost a couple of them. He's 37, turns 38 in December. It's not great. He'll be 38 at the start of next season, 39 come middle to end of that season. So now we're wading into some some treacherous waters. The, the waters of, by the time he would get to a new team, right? So he agreed for this year to be on the Packers. Opened it up for next year and beyond, though, to get out, right? So you want to go to a new team. By the time he gets settled in at a new team next year, he could very well be 40, almost. By the time he gets there and settled in within the next year, 2022 and 2023. Because Matt LaFleur's first year with him, not great. Second year, phenomenal. So by the time his second year in a new system, he'll be 40 years old. Oh, and by the way, he's the number two cap hit in the league. $37.5 million behind Matt Ryan's 40. Now they've tweaked it to where he's now making $27-ish million this year. Which I think that's still like top fifteen, you know. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. At least he took a little bit of a pay cut, right? Big issue though. They're not going to use any of that money at this point, well, unless you too- call the if you, if you if you call the Randall Cobb thing a real signing, then that's yeah. I guess they're using some of the money, but it's too late. It's thank you. I'm literally written right here. It's too late now to go out and get the big talent. For God's sake, it's training camp. You can't go. All the big guys, they're signed. That's it. That's it. Done. They're off the market. Aaron Rodgers, you cried, you pouted, and you dragged your feet all summer long about last year instead of looking forward. You know what Brady says when you ask what his favorite ring is? He says the next one. Well, Aaron Rodgers only has one, so you can't really ask him that question. But if you ask Aaron, oh, you know, you know, what are you looking forward for next season? Yeah, last season went bad. How about we look forward? You dragged your feet all summer, instead of reworking that money in May, and not July, not late July, not not damn near August, you were you reworked that money in May. Well, you know how many 
other free agents are available in May than in August? I don't know the number, but I'm guessing a lot more. It's too late. And quite honestly, now, how the roster the roster's constructed, I don't think it's capable of winning a Super Bowl this year. I really don't. So that puts him going into his age 39, almost 40 season with a brand new team. And a 2022 cap hit of $46 million. What team, because he's not going to go if it's not Super Bowl ready and perfectly groomed how he likes it, right? Because he manipulates it that way. He knows how he came back and blamed the media for blowing everything up. And people ask him questions he never once said, well, you know, I had some problems that I could have dealt with better. And, you know, he, he put it all on the team. Per, per use. We expected that. So what team is Super Bowl ready with 50 million dollars laying around none of them zero let me help you out almost no one right right now you're looking ahead at 2022 the teams that have the space 50 plus million in cap because if you're right at 46 that's very uncomfortable right indianapolis indianapolis where you haven't played paid quentin nelson anything or a lot of other people on that offensive line haven't paid darius leonard haven't paid any of the young guys on your defense you're gonna have to to make that even attractive for Aaron, you're going to have to pay a lot of those guys. So, boom, just like that, you don't have the money for Aaron. Also, what happens if Carson Wentz succeeds and you have to keep paying him? What if he What if he does well? Well, then you don't even need Aaron. So, that's out. How about Pittsburgh? It's interesting. Think about it for a second. We don't really pay that many people. Ben will be gone. We'll have some cap space. Young offensive line. We don't have to pay Pouncey anymore. And... You know, we don't have any expensive backs or, you know, none of our receivers are really that expensive. Oh, wait, no, but then you have to pay T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick if you even want to be viable for 10 wins. If you want to even be in the conversation for above 500, you need those two. So after you pay them, that money's evaporated for Aaron. That's gone. How about Miami? That's the only one that's a maybe. That's the only one that's a plausible maybe because they don't pay anyone. And the people that they do pay are their cornerstones already, right? So they have the cap space after they've already paid most of their best players. So that that could be, but you'd have to give up a haul. How about Washington? Well, then you got Chase Young that still needs paid. Their whole defensive line are all first-round picks within the last, like, four years. They're all set to get paid soon. Again, you want that to be attractive for Aaron? you got to pay the people. How about the Jets? Well, they have Zach Wilson. How about Denver? Maybe going to be very tight against the cap. They would have about a million or two to spare. You cannot win a Super Bowl and make more than Tom Brady in the last decade. Can't do it. I've said that before on this show. I will continue to say it. In the past 10 to 15, I don't have the exact number. I think it's 10 for sure, maybe even 15. If you are a bigger cap hit than Tom Brady, you will not win the Super Bowl. It will not happen. Meaning you can't be a top 10 cap hit and still win. And Aaron's going to give you this long list of guys that should have been kept. You know, he threw out Jordy Nelson. Yeah, well, Jordy Nelson fell off a cliff after he left. Fell off the map. And playing, and and if you kept him and paid him, well, how is Devontae Adams then your one if you're paying Jordy as a one? Can't pay Devontae Adams. Take your pick. I'll take a younger Devontae Adams. How about Randall Cobb? Well, he's underwhelmed everywhere but Green Bay. And now, it's kind of too late. He's very expensive, kind of old, and injury-prone the last five years. Oh, well, then he threw out Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson was almost 40 and wanted to change change positions on a rebuilding secondary. 
Green Bay was totally ripping it down to the stud to rebuild that secondary. And Charles Woodson, who would have been a mainstay at DB, goes, you know what, I'm going to switch my position. But still pay me like a one. No. I will say it. You cannot be a top five cap hit, often top two, and still sign and keep guys because they are, quote-unquote, good culture. Good for culture, guys. You know what's good for culture, Aaron? How about taking less money? How about being more available? How about being a grown-up in the room? Well, Aaron has failed to do all three of them. And he's still going to play the victim. He's still going to play the victim. My big thing is what you said. It's August. We came back in the beginning of the segment made the correction that it's now August 1st. Happy August. Well, guess what? Aaron Rodgers waited all the way. Through the summer months with all the free agents coming and going, Green Bay not having the, the money to spend them because at that point Aaron was making 37 and a half against the cap. He made... He, I mean, he, let's be real. He made a hellish reality for that GM. Exactly. In Green Bay. And, and so, he, so he freed up, he's down to about $27 million. He freed up $10 million. Well, what are you paying Randall Cobb? About $10 million. So, boom. There it's, it's already evaporated. There it is. What, like, and an old receiver. An old slot guy. You just drafted a slot guy. You just drafted one. I don't know. It, um, wh- wh- my, my big thing is, what's Aaron's endgame here? I said it here. By the time you get to a new team and get settled in with a new coach, much like you did with LaFleur, you're 40. You are 40. That team has traded the farm to get you, and you're wildly expensive. You know who you are? You're Peyton Manning yeah. in, his, in his final days in Denver. You are Peyton Manning. And that didn't turn out well. Well, he ended up winning a Super Bowl, I but, mean, but that's like one of the only times that's happened. Think about like Joe Montana went elsewhere to play. Didn't work out, right? Yeah. A bunch of these quarterbacks have, and they don't normally work out as well as you know Peyton and Brady. So I don't, I just, I don't know what his end game is. Well, I, I just don't get it. I, I mean— you have to be careful, especially like changing that late in your career, like you're saying. One, you have to be a guy that's showing that that has shown through your career that you can come back and deal with adversity and, and kind of learn a new system. Aaron really hasn't. He hasn't. Um. So, you know, the one team that you mentioned that could make a run at him, Miami, was interesting. But then I started thinking, is this something that they would do? Probably not, right? Because think of it from their perspective. They're going to take on this quarterback that, yes, he could probably help us win now, but he's 39. So, yeah, but, okay, like, so we're going to get one to three seasons out of him. One to three seasons, three being the m- probably max, I would say, right? I would say, well, so Is after that a this smart year, deal? Yeah. I mean... No. I mean, so you have to start weighing... If you truly, if they down in Miami truly think that that is an Anna, or a um, Super Bowl contending roster, if you truly think that you're a contender, and you get Aaron, will you sacrifice the next ten years for that short little two three year span? That's what I'm saying. That's what that's what Tampa's doing. They're mortgaging the future for now. But the thing is, they've already won now, and they might win again. So it's working out for them. Does that normally work out? Eh, not not always. Not, not usually. Not always. Rams kind of did that a little bit with Jared Goff, and now Jared Goff's in Detroit, and they're easily the worst football team in the in the country or in the uh, in the league. So well, now the Rams are trying to do it again with Stafford. We'll see if it works out. I just I don't I don't see what the end game is. You're aging. You're you're not all that. You, 
I'm not going to say he's not committed, because he does. He works, he looks at film, he, he works out. That's fine, but he's not Brady that's spending upwards of a no. million a year on his body. No. He's been hurt. He seems to have other interests outside of football. I'm not saying you that that's a bad thing. Hey, Aaron has but, Jeopardy, and he has all the other stuff that he does, and his state yeah, farm deal, and he, yeah. you know, it's not all... It's not a, that's not a bad thing, per se, but... You can't tell me that you're going to switch teams at 40 and be so committed and totally channel out all of that noise and, and succeed on a new team. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't know what his end game is. Right now, I would say I would side with the organization more, but they're kind of handcuffed. You yeah. know? They don't think Jordan Love can play, and I don't think he can play either. So, Well, he's Aaron has put them in a tough, in a tough situation, and if we think back and remember... They kind of did. I mean, Brett Favre kind of put them in a tough situation. Yeah, they've been in. They've been in a couple. Uh, like, look, I mean, Brett Favre wasn't happy when they drafted Aaron, and and that was a big thing. I remember I was watching a uh, in depth with uh, Graham Basinger. He he goes and does the uh, like the sit downs and the interviews with all with all the athletes. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, he was talking to uh, Brett Favre. And uh, and I think he did one with Aaron Rodgers too that I was listening to, and and he was they were talking about how like hostile it was in the locker room between those two guys. It's like okay, is this a organizational thing in Green Bay because they've now had two quarterbacks in a row that yeah, turned know. a little sour at the end of their career. Yeah, maybe it's the cold weather. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Well, you you kind of grumpy up there. You gotta get you gotta get south. Get down near the palm trees. Yeah, but uh. Speaking of palm trees and going south, couple two two colleges joining the SEC. Yeah, so Oklahoma, the Sooners, and um, the Texas Longhorns, they are going to join the SEC. Now, I don't think that's that's for every that should be for every sport. It is. It is for I know every it's sport. football motivated because that's what brings in all mm-hmm. the revenue. Right. And of course, the SEC has officially voted them in fourteen to nothing. It wasn't even close. Every single look, you think Arkansas. When Texas is coming to town, that place is selling out. Mm-hmm. Just just because that, just because Arkansas and Missouri and all those teams that are for sure going to go zero and two against those teams every Kentucky, single year for the next Vanderbilt. fifteen years, they all voted yes because at the end of the day, they just made like an extra fifty million a year. Yep. If, if could you imagine, you went to Kentucky game day and OU is coming to town. Yep, that's insane. You can't. I mean, come on. Get, like, you tell, you tell me, you tell me, Texas is coming to town. That place isn't selling out, and some. Oh yeah, Kroger Field's packed at that point. Yeah, Kroger Field will be packed for like a Missouri game, let alone a Texas, yeah, or an Oklahoma. I know. So It'll every be. every school is is going to make huge money for that. So they voted fourteen nothing to vote both of the teams in. The teams have accepted. Now it doesn't take effect till twenty twenty five. Is it going to kind of be awkward in the Big Twelve for the next what? <laughs> Three years, twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit like, hey guys, like. So you got the twenty one, twenty two season, dipping. the twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. So it's gonna be three, like three, four three, years, four three, years, four years. Yeah, four seasons. It's gonna be interesting. Oh, we'll see. It will be. It's. I do like the move though. This is the biggest conference in college football. Absorbing in, in college sports, yeah. No, you can say in college sports, in, SEC football is that is the closest thing that you get to a professional sport. Mm-hmm. I would say it's similar to like ACC basketball. Yeah, 
Virginia and, and North Carolina and Duke. And that's NBA level basketball. That is a low level NBA, but that's NBA. Yep. This is a this is the biggest conference absorbing two of probably the biggest fan bases in college sports, Oklahoma and Texas. So I love the move. I think it's going to be wildly exciting to watch. So do you think that causes a realignment, like a massive realignment? Because I'm guessing a lot of the teams in the Big 12 are then they're going to say, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, you tell me West Virginia without Texas or OU on their schedules staying. Mm. Probably not. You think you think a school like Kansas, who does not get a lot of attendance, they rely on those games when one of those teams comes to town, is going to stay for what? Why would they? Why would they when they could probably go to the Big Ten and, and get that big Ohio State game? Yep. Or get that big Michigan game? Or get Penn State coming into town? Yeah. Instead of having a TCU. Yeah. Where like it's T- like TCU's fine, which they'll probably leave too because they probably rely on that as well. They like these schools need those big schools to come into town. Like, you need those ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Um, you need those concession sales. You need all that. I think uh, I think you're going to see a massive realignment. I really do. I think you're going to see almost an old Big East-looking thing in the in the ACC. You're going to have Syracuse, Pitt. I think you'll, you could see West Virginia go there. Um, a couple other teams. So, it, it's interesting. There's a hypothetical realignment here that I want to talk about. So they think, uh, obviously, SEC gets OU in Texas. And then we look at some other teams. Um, they projected that, like, a TCU will join the Pac-12. But I, I think it would be more like a Pac-16 at that point because they also have Texas Tech joining them. Um, Texas Tech, TCU. I think there's another team. But anyway. They're, they're predicting some people joining there, like a BYU would join in there. Um, so, yeah, you're looking at like a Pac-16 almost. And then the Big 12 would almost become the AAC, which was um, like a Memphis, Cincinnati, all those teams. And then all you have left is a Tulsa. Actually, no, Tulsa would just be doing I'm sorry, I know. Um, Oklahoma State, a Kansas State. Um, like, a, like a Houston would come over and, and play Baylor. Um, and then the Big Ten would absorb Iowa State, Kansas. Uh, the ACC would get West Virginia. So I, I, what do you think? I think it'd be interesting to see the big realignment. Um, and I think it would honestly do a lot. It would condense it more into think, the more powerful teams. Honestly, I think the. The SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten, or in this case, the Big 16, that works. That is, that works. For the Big 12 and the Pac-12, I don't think a whole lot changes for the Pac-12. Adding TCU and Texas Tech isn't great. That's not huge for the for no. the Pac-12. Um, I guess it would be good to add like a Boise State from, I think, the, what, like the Mountain West. That'd be decent. Mm-hmm. be a decent add. Um, I don't think there's anything that is major for the pack. And then the Big 12, they obviously take a massive hit. But you're right. I think the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, in a sense. The ACC, you add a West Virginia, probably entices a Notre Dame to finally pick a a conference. I think they did last year just because of COVID. The ACC, they picked the ACC for last year. Yeah, for last year. I'm saying going forward as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you bring back a lot of good rivalries, like a Pitt-West Virginia. That's a great moneymaker for the ACC already. A Pitt-Notre Dame, a Notre Dame-West Virginia. Those are huge games. Even a West Virginia-Syracuse, West Virginia-Louisville. Those are all big games, big rivalries, big past rivalries, a lot of nostalgia. I think the Big Ten wins a little bit. I think it's good to add Iowa State. They're a competitive football team. Kansas is just going to be exactly like a like a Rutgers and just gets rolled every year. You need those teams on your schedule. <laughs> and obviously the SEC, major win. That's an obvious one. Right. I don't know if I'm for it or against it, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm excited to see how it plays out, but I think I, I I'm for it. I'm for it. You're for it. All right. Uh, that's all we have for this segment. We will be back with all baseball in the next segment. Yo, what's up? We are back. Third segment of the day. All MLB from here on out. This one excites me. Yeah, I do. I love talking MLB. We don't do it a lot because I think. I like talking football more, I'm going to be honest with you. But I do love when we get to talk some MLB. And uh, especially, oh my god, it was just, it was packed. Like well, this this deadline was, I thought it was one of the best that yeah. I got to witness. In recent history, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, it really was. I thought, well, we're going to get through what moves I liked, what moves I didn't. But a lot of big moves, huge names moving to places we didn't really expect. That you didn't hear a lot of chatter about yeah. And uh, there were only a couple that were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like Bryant, Bryant to San Fran. That was from the beginning. We knew that was going to happen. You're like, yeah, OK. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of the other ones were out of nowhere and I'm happy about it and I love it. Yep, we will get to all of those. So first yeah. I want to do just some news, some some quick news. There's not a whole lot going on right now besides the trade deadline and the Olympics. So I'm going to give you a little Olympic medal count update brought to you by Phoenix. Go out and use code REBURST as well as my code TJ2021. When you're getting REBURST, you can get three for $99, which is a steal, believe me. Uh, makes a great gift. So China leads right now with the gold medals at 22. The U.S. has 19, Japan with 17, Australia with 13, and finally Russia with 11. That is just gold medals. Total medals will be the U.S. with 52. China with 47, um, Russia then has 38, and Japan and Australia are tied at 30, while Great Britain checks in at 31. So, you know, U.S., we're, we're holding our own right now. We got the total medals right now, so that's that's big. It's big. Yep. And uh, only three behind China for the gold, so we're okay. Uh, we're sitting pretty. I like it. We have seven more silvers, so, I mean, I like that. And we usually do. We usually do hold our own. Oh, yeah, we're usually at least, well, we usually win. Yeah. Like the whole thing, gold medal-wise and total medal-wise, but uh, definitely always top three. I don't know. I wonder when the last time we were out of the top three. Yeah. I mean, probably hasn't been for a while. I mean, I think, and obviously it's a trend, that the more developed and easier, like the the higher the quality of life in the nation, the the better they do in the Olympics, usually. Yeah. Yeah. and how they produce their athletes. It's it's absolutely fascinating, too, to look at the trends over the years. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you. But uh, there's not a whole lot of other news. Um, the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken, had their expansion draft. They got, they got a, lot of, a lot of decent players. I'm upset that the Pens didn't protect Tanev, but it is what it is. Mm. I'm not going to sit here and you know talk about that because I'll get upset. But um, 
you know, it is what it is. They, they drafted some good players. I don't think they're as good as, like, Vegas when they had the, the expansion draft. But I think it'll be at least a competitive team, which is what you want. You don't want to bring a team in to just get shellacked for five years. That's not the goal. You need to draw that market in, so I liked it. Um, and then, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think we've had a an episode since Carson Wentz hurt his foot. But uh, he, he hurt his foot. He's out indefinitely, so it's yeah. not great. I mean, we'll probably get more news on that and dedicate more time to that once we have more info and also when we cover um that division we got to right. factor that in so we need to gather some more info by then but that is it for the news so let's get into some mlb then right so our new game that we're going to be playing today is flip or flop yeah i i thought of this when i was laying in bed the other night i go you know what's a great idea and you're like yeah what up i go flip or flop because the trade deadline, these 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 moves, flip, is going to mean, we need to define success for this game first. Let's do that. So, a flip means success, right? A flip because, you know, backflip's cool, right? So, that's that's why we flip, right? It could right? flip from bad to good. Yeah, that's it could what flip we're... your team from bad to good or from good to great, you know what I mean? So, flip is good. Now, I would define that as can compete for a championship within the next two years. Okay. Now, some of these teams also, it might just be for the first year, and you're, you're renting these players, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but within the next two years, are you going to be competitive for a championship one or both of those years? So, and in flop, obviously, it's just not a good move. I don't like it for for the team that gets the marquee name. We're going to focus on that. Okay. So how about Chris Bryant to the San Francisco Giants? I think it's a flip. I think that is a huge win. First of all, they're number they're, they're top of that division right now, which is crazy because no one expected them to be including us. I thought they were terrible, but they're getting major production from a lot of minor parts, and I love it. Chris Bryant is going to infuse not only experience. He's won a championship. He's been there. He's done it. But he also still has that youthful step and uh, spring to his game, can play both corner outfields and third base, and that's pretty much one of their only weak spots right now. Brandon Crawford's playing really well. Um, their outfield is solid, like solid. First baseman's, I don't even remember his name, but I know he's playing well, right? They're pitching, phenomenal. Kevin Gosman, Cy Young candidate right now, out of nowhere. Buster Posey's still Buster Posey. So I thought that was a spot of weakness. They addressed it. It's a flip. What do you think? I really like it. I mean, I think, like we said, coming into it, it was one of the more obvious ones. Yeah. Kind of everybody knew it was going to happen. Yeah. This is one of those that you're going to see I think this is one of going to be one of the main factors that pushes the Giants deep into the playoffs at least this season I think I think they're automatically I think right now they're the team to beat I think that sets them apart as the team to beat Um, okay how about let's go Javier Baez and I I don't want this to be overlooked and Trevor Williams to the Mets for some prospect or two, I don't know, whatever. That's a flip. That is a huge win, especially pairing Lindor and Baez is huge. That is massive. Lindor went from playing in a small market Cleveland to now he is in New York. He feels the heat. Let's appease him a little bit. Let's make him happy. We signed him for a massive extension, massive deal. Let's appease him a little bit. How? What better than his best friend, his double playmate from, I think, the Puerto Rico national team, then Javier Baez, I love it. And then Trevor Williams is such an underrated arm. I thought he was great with Pittsburgh. He played well with Chicago. 
that's a solid long reliever or maybe even a five starter depending on your need and so i love that i love that move and plus we've seen uh pitchers leave pittsburgh and then get just astronomically better for some reason i don't know if it's something we have in our water here that that hurts their arms i don't know what it is but we've seen pitchers leave here and then do well. So I, I do the like culture that. culture of sucking. That's what it is. They leave a culture of sucking. Okay. How about let's go Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox. What do you think about that? I thought this move was abysmal for the White Sox. This is a flop to me. He's fine. I think he's out of his prime. I really do. I don't think he's a top 10 closer anymore. I don't. And they gave up Nick Madrigal, who is the future second baseman of that organization. Not only second baseman, a future cornerstone of that organization. And you gave him up for kind of a rental player. When truthfully, I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna compete for the championship this year. I don't I think they're another year off. I think they're another good starting pitcher off as well. I didn't think closer was a major need. And if it was, it wasn't enough to send Nick Madrigal out of town. So I think it's a flop for me. Let's go Schwarber to the Sox. We talked about this. You agreed with me very much so. Schwarber to the Sox is a flip. It's like 310-ish down Pesky's pole, down in the right the right field corner. Kyle Schwarber is going... He could hit that with one arm. Yeah. He could just put one arm on the bat and swing and hit it that far. He is going to go off in Boston. Kyle Schwarber could hit a wiffle ball over the fence there. Yeah. Um, It's going to be an absolute just laser show. Yeah, it's going to be a laser show. Every single night. Um, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to see an inside pitch again in his career. Yeah, that, that'd be the only problem now. He, he's going to have to adjust and start hitting the other way. But even then, if you just get it up into the air, let the, it's, let not it. like, it's not like the green monster is that far either. You just have to get it up in the air. Exactly. Which I don't think he'll have any problem getting lift. He's a big guy. He's strong. So how about let's go Anthony Rizzo to the Yanks. We're going to do him and Gallo separate. So him first. We'll go with Rizzo first. I think it's a flop. Or I'm sorry, a flip slightly. I think it's a slight flip. I think they had a need at first base. They thought Greg Bird a couple years ago was going to be the answer. He wasn't. I think Rizzo's a a solid option for them at first base. And also, so far, two games, two home runs. So hard to argue with that. One in the seventh, one in the eighth. So, um, in the eighth. So he's hitting already. And he brings the defensive prowess, is a good word. Mm-hmm. God, vocab. Look at that. Vocabulary. Anyway, he brings the defensive prowess as well. He's a veteran. He's won before. Good guy in the locker room. He won the Clemente Award, um, I want to say 2018, 19, somewhere around there. Good guy to have in your locker room. I like to move a little bit. Now let's go with Joey Gallo to the Yankees. That to me, that to me is a flop. And also the same reason that that's a flop is why the Rizzo one is a slight flip, not a major flip. So Gallo to the Yankees is a flop because... They don't need outfielders. They need starting pitchers. And bullpen guys. And they need a guy to figure out how to get Aroldis Chapman back to form. That's what you need. You don't need another guy who strikes out at about 35% plus. Yeah. And hits in the low 200s. Yep. You already have Stanton and Judge for that. We're good. We don't 
we don't need any more strikeout 40%, hit the hit a home run 20%. We don't need that. We don't need any 20-40 guys anymore. You have two of them. You need starting pitchers, and you need some guys to get on base ahead of them. Make those home runs count. Make those home runs more useful. That's why the Gallo to me, that's a flop. Why do you... You don't need that. They're really selling out for this whole home run is the king. He doesn't um, walk enough. He doesn't walk enough. Well, yeah, he doesn't walk enough. He doesn't get on base enough. Just plain and simple. I don't I like mean, it. it. Look, they, you don't need an outfielder. You, you don't. You don't. Okay, if I could just please go to New York, just have a just have a sit down chat here with the front office, and be like, okay, guys, like, what what games are you watching? Yeah. Because what I'm seeing is your offense is fine. Offensively, you're fine. You might have a couple guys slumping here and there. Aaron Judge striking out all the time. Who cares? That happens every game. But how about we address the issues in the starting pitching and that back end bullpen, the eighth, the eighth inning kind of setup man and then into a Roldis Chapman who has been getting lit up. Yeah. It's not been good. I don't you don't need another outfitter, I agree. It was actually funny. The game, like the night of when they required acquired Gallo, excuse me, and Anthony Rizzo, that night they lost 14 nothing. It was funny because you could see all over social media. Hope Joey Gallo can pitch. You know what I mean? How many home runs is he gonna hit to make that 14 nothing go away? No. Not gonna hit enough. I'll be lucky if he hits 14 the rest of the year. So, the only thing that makes Rizzo a slight flip and even a silver lining for Gallo's flop is that it's a very short porch and right at Yankee Stadium. So, you could see some major offensive production from them. Again, still don't think it's enough to overcome their pitching. How about let's go Trey Turner and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. What do you think about it? I think it's a flip. Yeah. Um... I honestly think it adds some depth and honestly could be that little bit of a boost that they need. <laughs> you good there? <coughs> a little water catch you the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah? You need a minute? <laughs> you keep going. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, getting through the postseason and getting <coughs> and making a big run not just, you know, getting your feet wet in the early runnings of the playoffs. No, no. You're, you're going to need that depth, and I think that just adds a... It adds a next gear, I think, especially with Trevor Bauer. You have no idea what's <clears> going to happen. If yeah. or when he's coming back. And Max Scherzer, yeah, you could sit here and say, like, you know, his ERA hasn't been where it needs to be in his strikeouts, this and that. All I'm saying is if it's game six and I need a win and Max Scherzer's next up, I'm feeling pretty good. Right. I'm feeling good. Because in a one-game scenario where it's like, we got to win now, Max Scherzer's almost unhittable. Trey Turner gets on base at an insane clip. He can steal. He's hit for the cycle more times in the last five years than like the rest of the league combined almost. Um, so he's a dynamic, dynamic player. I think he's an underrated shortstop, probably top three to five in the league. Um, so I think that's a major flip. And now the reason I threw this in there is because it happened about five minutes after the Dodgers made this official. And it's because the Padres wanted Max. They wanted him. They made a strong push push for Max. The Daniel Hudson to the Padres. They wanted Max. They settled for Daniel Hudson. So in that regard, they overpaid for him because it was a reactionary move, right? 
it's a flop. That's that's look, Daniel Hudson's fine. He's on what his sixth MLB team in as many years. It just feels a little bit. It let's just say that's not the pitcher that they needed from from Washington. It's just not all there. It's not what you needed. It was an underwhelming move. Now I do still think that they can compete for a championship. I think they're one of the three best. Look, I think the top three in that division are the three best teams in the National League. The Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. The three best teams in the National League. So I think uh, I think they're still well within striking distance and they, and they can compete. I just thought that that movement specific was a bit reactionary and a little bit of a flop. That's all. Just because they didn't get their first guy, they felt like they still needed to get something. A little yeah, bit of a reach, overpay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wrong piece. Yeah. Um, no, I, that just about does it for uh, for flip or flop. I thought that was good. That we're definitely going to bring that back. That's going to be good for NFL season, I think. I think so too. Um, yeah, just all those those comparative games. You know, the the NFL quarterbacks to car brands. We just come up. They're fun. We come They're up fun. with so many. We like having fun. fun games. Exactly. Fun. It's more exciting to listen to comparison games and just games in general and it's it, more fun for us than if we just sat here and just rattled off stats and just gave takes the whole time yeah like so. what if i went on the list go yeah chris bryant san francisco like that move Baez, that's a good move the kimberl move nah, that, <laughs> nobody that's would a, that's listen a sucky move nobody would listen i wouldn't even listen to that uh, i wouldn't listen now. i wouldn't even make that <laughs> i would refuse <laughs> i'd be bored i'd be sitting here Looking over at you, reading all boring. Looking at you, looking at your watch, like is this over yet? Nah. But guys, thank you for listening. Uh, we will make be back sure in a week. you listen next week, or well, yeah, it's gonna be week. yeah, it's gonna be next week. Josh Johnson will be on the show. Kent State baseball player. Kent State baseball. He's uh out in Illinois right now playing some summer baseball, so it's gonna be a phone call. But it's gonna be really good to pick his brain. I want to talk about the NIL. Mm-hmm. And all the cool opportunities um, that are now being made available to these athletes, yeah, um, of all sizes, and you know, no matter what size I mean, like school size, no matter what you're doing, what your sport is, you have opportunities to make some money from your name and likeness. So uh, it's going to be cool to pick his brain a little bit about it. Yeah, I do like the direction that the uh, NCAA is moving in, in that. Uh, regard so it will be good to get some perspective on it i think it's going to be something we're looking into doing a little more often too is getting some college athletes on uh but guys thank you for listening make sure you go to our social media follow us on instagram at the underscore issue podcast and then when you're done there go to our twitter which is just at the issue podcast uh guys send us an email our email is the issue mailbox at gmail dot com send us your thoughts anything you would like uh dm us anything any way you can get in contact go any to our, feedback yeah, anything go to our website you know sign up for the uh email list uh just put your name in put your email in and click sign up it's just that easy guys thanks for listening and that was the issue